The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm a soil scientist with a plant science minor, and on this channel, I like to take all that science and apply it to all things plants. That means both in the garden and outdoors. My tips and tricks apply to anyone, anywhere in the world. So be sure to stay tuned for today's plant science episode. Hello, hello, plant people. How are you guys doing today? So if you are new around here, my name is Ashley and I'm the host of Gardening in Canada platform. That goes from the blog at gardeningcanada.net to the YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, you can find me. And what I like to do is I enjoy taking all the science and debunking myths and hacks that are prevalent both in the garden and indoors. So today's episode is all about hydrogen peroxide. And this actually was a question asked by one of the subscribers over on the YouTube channel. And I think it's a great question to ask when it comes to plants. So we're gonna be digging into that just a little bit. We're also gonna be going into hydrogen peroxide and some fun facts about it. Um, and how it refers to plants. So let's jump into exactly what hydrogen peroxide in plants looks like. First, if you do want to, you can uh, leave me a voicemail. It's essentially a voicemail down in the show notes below. There is a link that you can click and it basically sends me a voicemail with your question. So that means if you have a question about plants and you wanna be featured on the podcast, or just your voice be featured on the podcast, be sure to record your questions there and I will be sure to feature those. And who knows, depending on the volume or the substance to your question, we may be able to make an entire episode just for you. So let's jump into hydrogen peroxide and plants. I do have a printout you guys can grab over in the gardeningincanada.net website. I'll be sure to leave the link down below for that. But essentially all the free printable is for is in reference to if you do use hydrogen peroxide with your plants, what dosages you need based on what you're treating. So there's a wide range of things you can use hydrogen peroxide for. And maybe that blog post will surprise you in some of the recipes that are valid when it comes to the use of hydrogen peroxide in plants. So, but let's jump into what it means to even have this stuff in your arsenal with houseplants or in the garden because it can affect the two slightly differently. And I think a great place to start is what exactly is hydrogen peroxide? So there are two different types of hydrogen peroxide that are available for us 
purchasers to grab, the first one being food-grade hydrogen peroxide and the other being the classic over-the-counter stuff that you get in the pharmacy of your grocery store. Now, they are identical in the sense that they're both H2O2. They're both hydrogen peroxide. However, hydrogen peroxide on its own is incredibly unstable. So that means in order for it to be shelf stable, such as what we find in the pharmacy, there are quite a bit of additives added to that mixture. And this helps with the stability and obviously therefore the shelf life. When it comes to the food grade stuff, because of the preservatives or the substances used within the over-the-counter hydrogen peroxide, we don't um, end up with the added chemicals and therefore it's not as shelf stable and also therefore not as readily available for people to grab because it doesn't, you can't just put it in a cupboard and leave it for years on end. It's kind of, you got to use it once you get it type thing, especially once you open that package up. So besides the fact that hydrogen peroxide is very classically packaged in the dark brown containers that aren't exposed to light, uh, there is some additives in the system. And so those additives can include silver, um, as well as a couple other ones, but silver want being the main one when it comes to houseplants and issues that we can have. So what makes hydrogen peroxide such a great decomposer is the fact that it splits into two different components. The first one being oxygen and the second being water. Oxygen being the key part on all this that helps with exponential rates of decomposition. And the decomposition happens in the presence of the oxygen combined with organic material. So as you can imagine, that's that stinging sensation you get on your hand. It's destroying any organics that don't have a thick cell wall and tearing them apart slowly. So its ability to decompose organic material at a rapid rate is actually why doctors do not recommend using hydrogen peroxide for disinfectant any longer. It's because the disinfectant, the hydrogen peroxide, is, yes, attacking those uh, very evil, bad bacteria, fungi, actinomycetes, viruses, but it's also attacking the beneficial ones. So obviously with humans, this means it's attacking things that are going to be helping with healing, but in the case of plants, that means it's attacking things that help with nutrient cycling, or in the case of beneficial uh, microbes or biological pesticides, you know, beneficial mites, nematodes, that sort of thing, which is never a good thing, both indoors and outside. Uh, so it does decompose, indiscriminately against any organic material and you're going to find that in a lot of cases with um, a lot of at-home DIY products. Our initial versions of pesticides were never designed to isolate or attack only one specific type of issue. That's not what they're made for. They are a universal disinfectant. They are a universal uh, pesticide and therefore they attack indiscriminately. Now, keep in mind the explosiveness of hydrogen peroxide and its ability to destabilize quickly is also what makes it incredibly effective when it comes to decreasing disease and or pests because they, those are obviously organic 
materials or elements and therefore it is very effective in reducing these and killing these off in any stage whether that be in larvae nymph adult you know spore you name it it's gonna take it out so long as it is organic So I think it's important to start talking about the difference between food grade and the over-the-counter stuff when it comes to plants because there is a big difference in what is harmful and what is good for your plants. So like I said, due to the volatile nature of hydrogen peroxide in general, uh, the food grade stuff doesn't have additives, meaning it's not shelf stable, whereas the medical or the over-the-counter stuff you get from the uh, pharmacy that obviously does have some chemicals in it and so when we look at the products the main thing in all of them or the underlying theme when it comes to preservatives stabilizing or in some cases even upping the ante and making it a little bit better of a disinfectant is the additive of silver. So when it comes to silver in humans, it's not harmful. It is used in quite a few different products and I found that out through my research as well. It's used in things such as water treatment systems, hand sanitizers, odor resistant clothing, microproof teddy bears. I'm assuming that's a, you know, health teddy bear or a non-allergenic teddy bear for children as well as hydrogen peroxide so it it's essentially nanoparticles of silver and they're used in a whole host of different things that are antiviral antibacterial and what we haven't understood or what we're now just starting to find out is that these nanoparticles of silver have a harmful effect on the environment around us and in particular on plants. So let's break into that a little bit and check out what that means just a little bit more. So there was a recent article that was done in American Science, which is essentially a scientific journal article um, type distribution and in that it was talking about silver specifically nano silver in our environment and in particular how it interacts with plants so the title of the article was silver beware antimicrobial nanoparticles in soil may harm life and the study looks at silver and its effect on the plant environment and the study kind of gets into the details of how the silver gets into the plant and ultimately what it affects. Now they found out that there was a specific an issue with these in the soil environment. So when wastewater was treated and then put out back into the environment, if that water was used for irrigation, if it's used um, just naturally flowing through our environments, it, the soil's eventually exposed to silver. And so when it is exposed to the silver nanoparticles, the particles reside in the soil solution. And now these are tiny particles. I was blown away by this, but they are 1 to 100 nanometers. These are tiny. These are ionized forms of silver. And because they're so small, 
they can be uptaken by the plant. I talk about this all the time on YouTube and the blog and here on the podcast. Foliar feeding or um, just nutrient feeding through the soil can only happen at certain sized particles or only with certain elements that have the correct charge or just the correct setup in general. There's passive diffusion, there's osmosis, there's very few mechanisms in which plants can uptake materials. Unfortunately, silver is one of those materials that can be uptaken very easily by said plants. Now, a nanoparticle or an ionized silver particle in this case is smaller than most viruses. Yes, most viruses. That's mind-blowing. It is itsy, bitsy, bitsy. And because it's so small, it is in the same environment and on the same playing field as a majority of microbes, and therefore it is incredibly effective at killing microbes. Remember how we said that silver nanoparticles are used for disinfecting and a whole host of different options uh, for disinfectants? It does the same in the soil, and unfortunately, it is indiscriminatory. <laughs> it just is going to kill both beneficials and non-beneficial microbes. And that ultimately means, when possible, we want to avoid any form of silver in our plant environments. That can mean outdoors or inside. Also, if you're an environmentally friendly person, if you are conscious of the environment you're in and around, you really shouldn't be using anything that contains the silver nanoparticles. Because even if you are using just regular hydrogen peroxide for disinfecting in the home, you ultimately are exposing the environment to these harmful materials. So just something. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details to keep in mind but yes non-food grade hydrogen peroxide so just regular hydrogen peroxide you get from the pharmacy contains silver and therefore it is highly toxic to bacteria fungi and microorganisms ultimately meaning it's going to harm your normal natural nutrient cycles it's ultimately going to harm your plants because it's going to be uptaken into the plant and could affect you know leaves just metabolical processes things we quite honestly don't yet understand as well as it's going to harm things like your mycelial web all that fun stuff so avoid it when possible try to use food grade hydrogen peroxide whenever 
you can. So the next question obviously is whether or not you can use food grade hydrogen peroxide on plants. Is it safe to use on plants? So we've talked about this. H2O2 in both food grade or over the counter is identical. It has identical mechanisms in which it decides to kill microbes. So let's jump into a bit of the science behind what cases you would use this and that sort of fun stuff. So when it comes to the food grade uh, hydrogen peroxide, we are effective at killing, again, both beneficial and non-beneficial microbes. The good news is that there is lots of studies that have been done on soil microbiology and disinfectants. Now, obviously not disinfectants as in hydrogen peroxide, but disinfectants in the sense of pesticides, for example, non-discriminatory pesticides. And so what they have realized is that yes, pesticides, or in some cases, conventional fertilizers can reduce your microbial activity or just your microbe populations for a small period of time. It will sterilize a specific area. Now, the general consensus across kind of all the different studies that have been done is that within 24 to 72 hours, not only have your microbes reestablished in the area, they've completely reestablished in that area. So you don't have one or two, you have the same populations you had prior to the application of conventional fertilizer or pesticide. So this means that if you do use hydrogen peroxide without silver, meaning it's not the silver is not going to persist in the system, you're just simply using the H2O2, your microbes are likely to recolonize within 24 to 72 hours. This means if you are in the fight for your life against a pest, both in the soil or above ground, then a quick use or quick sterilization using food grade hydrogen peroxide is beneficial. You are going to benefit from this. Now, I wouldn't use hydrogen peroxide once a month. I wouldn't use it on a regular basis, but if you're in an outdoor scenario, you can rely on microbes because you are connected to the earth. However, if you are in a closed system, such as the great indoors, as many of our houseplant or indoor gardeners may encounter, or container gardeners for that matter, our closed system means we are not exposed to the earth around us. And therefore, we don't have a battery reserve of microbes. We are only dealing with the potting soil we have on hand. That means if you apply enough hydrogen peroxide, which ultimately, you know, it's probably pretty rare that it would happen, but say in the event you did apply too much hydrogen peroxide to that soil, what ends up happening is your microbial colonies are going to be very slow to replenish because say you've taken out half the population in the entire pot. So something to think about if you're in a closed system scenario, such as a container or a houseplant system, then you may want to consider using the hydrogen peroxide only for emergencies, waiting a small period of time, and then maybe top dressing with a good compost, a manure, or a bit of fresh potting soil just to help recolonize those microbes a little bit quicker. And the reason why we care that those microbes are in existence is because they help with water capture, they help 
get rid of harmful diseases such as root rot, for example, and it also helps with nutrient cycling. So that means denitrifying, nitrifying bacteria for your nitrogen, phosphate solubilizers, nitrogen fixers, you name it. You need all of them, and so you do want to replenish them as quick as possible. So fun fact about hydrogen peroxide in plants is that hydrogen peroxide is naturally produced within the plant cells during photosynthesis and for photorespiration. It also can happen to a lesser extent during respiration, but not as often. So the hydrogen peroxide produced by the plant is also an H2O2. And it's used in the case of reactive oxygen species, so ROS. Now, the naturally occurring hydrogen peroxide in the plants plays a really crucial role in signaling molecules in several different types of physiological processes. So that means it can control genetic systems such as cellular redox, um, homeostasis, H2O2 signaling, you name it. So it is really good at regulating the plant uh, to the point actually that there's been studies done to show that it helps with the regulating the growth, the actual development of the plant through all its different life stages, and even its ability to acclimate to new environments such as your home or your space outdoors, which can be in a lot of cases different than what your greenhouse does. So the, the question naturally, and I have to laugh at this a little bit, is, well, I just told you that hydrogen H2O2 destroys all organic materials. So how the heck does the plant keep this hydrogen peroxide that it naturally produces from just eating the plant or eating itself? And it's actually because um, they believe the hydrogen peroxide is kept in really specialized organelles within the plant cell walls and inside these specialized organelles there is a different catalase and there are hydrogen uh, oxygen busting catalase which means they basically take that really unstable form of hydrogen peroxide and break it down very very quickly so in reality while the plant does produce hydrogen peroxide naturally it doesn't stick around for very long and it's busted up pretty quickly because even the plant doesn't want it lingering and doing any damage to itself. So that means if you do apply hydrogen peroxide to the plant leaves in particular, whether that be foliar or uh, via a cloth that you then wipe the plant down, you're probably going to be okay. You're going to affect some natural microbes that occur on the plant, but in the long run, you may be able to reduce your chances of a, a mealy or a thrip infestation, aphids, that sort of thing. So there's no harm in applying it to the leaves. Just watch out for the soil when possible. I think one of the craziest things I've seen on the internet is that hydrogen peroxide aerates soil. And I had to laugh at this because I believe the reason that this would have even come about is because people are clearly having nightmares about their childhoods and uh, their parents running up with the brown bottle of hydrogen peroxide and all the bubbles that occurred shortly afterwards and that's kind of the imagery I see in my mind there but the truth is that hydrogen peroxide doesn't help aerate the soil so yes the uh, mixture or the the offset of um, 
the H2O2 explosion uh, in the presence of organic material, we end up with oxygen and we end up with water. But the process of adding oxygen to soil is much more complicated than simply just pouring on a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. And what we rely on in soil when it comes to the amount of oxygen we have present is something we call porosity, soil porosity. And the volume of soil porosity can vary wildly. We can look at soil porosity as the size of a single pore, which will be low or higher in the case of a sand, lower in the case of a clay, or we can look at soil porosity from the perspective of total number of pores, not necessarily the size or the holding capacity of them, but the, the volume. And so something like a clay will have more soil porosity than that of a sand, meaning physical shear number wise, there's more in clay. We can also look at soil porosity from the perspective of the soil solution. What I mean by that is that in the soil pores, we don't just have air. We share that space with obviously water too. And so we can look at soil porosity from the perspective of how much of each component do we have present? How much of that pore space is occupied by inorganic material, sand, silt, and clay? What portion is occupied by organic material, such as peat, moss, coconut, coir? And then we can also look at how much of that space is occupied by water versus air. And in a anaerobic environment, in a root rot ready environment, we have less air present and we have more water which is why we end up with root rot. We don't have that extra oxygen. Now, throwing in a jug of hydrogen peroxide really isn't going to do anything. If anything, you're now watering your plant even more than what you had prior to. So you may even cause more root rot. What you need to add oxygen is you need to add the volume of air to those pore spaces that are already in existence. And the only way to change the balance is either to water less, change our medium to include more pumice or perlite, things that aren't as great at holding just water, but also are able to hold air. Or we can look at uh, potentially, you know, mixing that soil up and fluffing it, which again is going to give us a false sense of porosity until gravity and water does its its job over again. So yes, it breaks down into water and oxygen in the presence of organic material, but that it ultimately doesn't mean anything because uh, the plant, it, there's nothing to say that the oxygen is going to stay in the system. If your soil pores are full and they're occupied by water or they're you know occupied by soil particulates, then hydrogen peroxide isn't going to work in your favor or do anything for you. I want to thank you guys so much for listening in today on our podcast all about hydrogen peroxide for houseplants and the garden. So you tell me, are you going to use hydrogen peroxide in your plants or is it just going to be one of those emergency things that you're going to pull out only when needed. You guys will have to let me know in the comments down below. Be sure to grab your free printable PDF 
Also check out the new planners for 2022. We've got houseplants and the garden. Neither one is dated, so if you decide to forget some weeks in between, no one's going to be the wiser. Anyways, be sure to find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and at my website, Gardening in Canada. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, be sure to rate this on whatever app you are watching from. And be sure to leave me a comment. Say hello. Say hi. I answer all my comments regardless of the platform they're placed on. And also be sure to leave me a voice message. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.